This week on the Music Biz Weekly podcast, we dive into the metaverse and NFTs. What do we think? Where are they going? What's good? What's bad? And do you need to be in them tomorrow morning? Build a stunning band website in minutes with Bandzoogle. Go to Bandzoogle.com to start your free 30-day trial and use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. Every month, thousands of musicians and industry professionals listen to the Music Biz Weekly podcast. If you have a product or service and would like to reach this audience, get in touch with Michael or Jay to discuss sponsorship opportunities. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. You got your two co-hosts, Michael Brandville and Jay Gilbert. How you doing today, Jay? Great, Michael. Good to see you. Good to see you. We are flying solo today. So this is actually going to be a fun discussion, kind of a good cop, bad cop discussion. <laughs> and before we get into this, though, let me just do a quick shout out. Huge thank you to Bruce and Hypebot and Bands in Town um for everything you do to support us and 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 a real quick mention uh you've got to check out the new artist community over on bands in town it's very cool i mean just think of it as a little social network of just industry and musicians and stuff like that but music biz weekly podcast is going to have a growing presence over there so so come check us out leave some comments and questions over there yeah um and uh, of course to our sponsors Banzoogle.com, built by musicians for musicians. Banzoogle is an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a beautiful website and EPK for your music. Banzoogle powers the websites for tens of thousands of musicians around the world, from weekend warriors to Grammy winners. All the features you need for a professional website are already built in, including hosting and a custom domain name, dozens of fully customizable design templates, Tools to sell your music and merch commission-free, commission-free crowdfunding and fan subscription features, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletters, social media integrations, and of course, amazing live tech support from your musician-friendly team seven days a week. We got a great little offer we put together with the folks over at Bandzoogle for all of our listeners. Head over to Bandzoogle.com, sign up, try it for free free for 30 days and when you register be sure to use the promo code music biz weekly all one word music biz weekly and you'll get 15 percent off the first year of any subscription and of course to discmakers.com we know it's a digital world but there's still an important role for physical media for today's musicians Digital royalty payments are so small that selling products like CD, vinyl, T-shirt, and T-shirts online and at gigs has become such an important income generator. For every CD you sell at a gig, you might need roughly 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money, and that's a lot of streams. Our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even T-shirts. So head over to DiscMakers.com. Place an order for 100 or more CDs. And when you check out, make sure you put this promo code in because it's going to save you some money. Use the promo code FREEBIZ, all one word, and you will save up to $150. So, Jay, this week, we're kind of, we're, we're kind of diving into two incredibly hot topics 
all yeah. over the internet. NFTs and metaverse. Yeah. And yeah. you know what 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 is it? What's it all about? Is it real? Is there do we need to be worried about it? What do you um, need to know? What yeah, what what do you need to know before you jump in and spend fifty million dollars buying land next to Snoop Dogg <laughs> and the metaverse? You know, thinking that's gonna make you rich. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's yeah. let's let's start with because it's it's not quite as fully developed, probably not as much to talk. About. Let's start with the metaverse and then we'll segue into NFTs because yeah. metaverse is still in development. Yeah, it is. And let me just preface it by saying that it's been around <clears throat> quite a while actually and yep. i think the the way i explain it to people where they most quickly understand it is by saying that you know there's some of these video games where you can use real money to purchase virtual items R for Roblox. example yeah or you can play a video game and maybe your avatar your character you can buy them him or her an outfit or a sword or in some of them you can buy crops or you can buy room or to your point you can buy land in, yep. in some of these things so for those who don't know you know this this metaverse think of it is just a virtual universe meaning that it's all kind of you know it's not tangible it's it's on your computer it's like in these games it's where a you virtual kind of, world yeah it's in a virtual think, world. think of I mean, and to your point, they've been around for a long time. Anything like World of Warcraft, any of those massive multiplayer universes basically are a form of a metaverse. It's a whole nother world. You create a character, you buy clothes and props and food and all this other stuff, you know, and, and those things have, have um, grown into Minecraft and yeah. Roblox. I mean, my eight-year-old daughter lives in those and we're constantly, yep. you know, for Christmas, she got gift cards for yeah. Robux. It's money to spend in Roblox to On buy virtual, stuff. Virtual goods. Virtual right? goods. And and maybe the, the closest <laughs> thing that people might be able to associate to, and, you know, this was, this was a hot topic 15, 16 years ago. Second Life. Yeah. If you remember Second Life, and actually Second Life is still around. It's still there. Second Life was an attempt to create a real world version of these fantasy worlds. And for a while there, Second Life was the hot topic. And I remember when I was working at uh, the, the adult VOD company that I worked with for a few years, this is when every company was like, man, do we need to create a storefront in Second Life? Do we, it was like, it was like the internet explosion all over again. Do we need to have a website? Well, now it's like, do we need to create our own store and sell our own goods in Second Life? And yeah. we were looking in, into this and I was looking into this and mm -hmm. it still comes down to, it's, it's, an, it's a concept that, is a challenge to explain to the average consumer. And, and remember, if you, want, if you want ultimate success, the average person's got to understand it and go, wow, this is great. This actually oh, I works. Agree. I we love have a, it. We have a saying for that, Michael. It's if you're explaining, you're losing. You're losing. So, yeah. so it's sort of like 
you're, you know, second life, you were sort of like, okay, wait a second. So instead of going to our company's website to buy something, now you go to second life, go find our store in second life, walk into our store, then buy something in the store. Then it comes out of second life and you can consume it on your computer elsewhere. And it's sort of like, um, what are you saying? That doesn't really make a lot of sense, does it? To the average person, when they could just go to Amazon and buy a book, why would I go to Second Life, find the Amazon store, buy the book, read it in Second Life, or come out of Second Life and read it somewhere else? It's that 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 was the challenge that yeah, it's not at, at the end problem. of the day. And, and listen, I love this stuff. I think it's all great, and I think eventually it's going to have a place. But it's one of those things where people were building something for a problem that didn't exist. Yeah. They're creating yeah. a solution. And, you know, right now it's a lot of fun for gaming. It's a lot of fun. It's escapism in the gaming world. Yeah. But when you're trying to recreate the real world, which is ultimately what Facebook and metaverse is trying to do, you've got a big challenge because, Let's be honest. I mean, the real world isn't that difficult. It's not that hard to do something in the real world. Well, yeah, it's 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 harder to get somebody, especially in the new version of the metaverse where you need goggles. So let me go yeah, put for on some of it. Yeah, for some of it. But and ultimately, that's that's where they want it to go. It's a full immersed virtual world. Yeah, fully immersed virtual reality is what yeah. it is. Yeah, and I'm so, seeing some other interesting things too in that space. For example, I attended the Music Tectonics Conference. And what they do is they have this virtual world and you have your avatar and you can go to little events and, and it's kind of a meetup. You can go up and I can go up and go, oh, hey, there's there's uh, Michael Branvold's avatar and I can kind of walk over and the balloon pops up you know, <laughs> over my head and says, yep. hey, Michael, how are you? You know, that sort of thing. And it was actually, it seemed silly when I first heard about it, but it was actually really cool. I could go and, oh, you're that guy from HBO and you did that thing and you start chatting and then, you know, okay, well, I got to go talk to so-and-so and then you wander over and, and it really was different than the speed dating sort of thing that you see at some of these conferences, right? Where they yep. put you in front of somebody and you've got, you know, four minutes. Hey, I do this. Hey, I do this. Maybe we should collaborate. Boom. Then you're with somebody else. So there are other applications other than just gaming. Well, and, and I and I think what it comes down to is the the killer app, the killer use has not been discovered yet. And and that's going to be discovered by all these people creating these things until somebody stumbles upon the thing where everybody goes, holy shit, that works. That's different. Yep. That's different. That's easy. That makes sense. I mean, I I, I remember reading, you know. Uh, on LinkedIn, some, some VR person was like, you know, the metaverse, again, great idea, great concept, but until I can sit with goggles on and pick up my coffee cup and drink coffee while I've got my goggles on without spilling it all over me because I'm looking through <laughs> right, goggles, right. it's not there yet. Yeah. And, and part of me, has always been, wait a second, I got to put goggles on. 
I, I need glasses. I can't see shit without glasses. Now my eyes have gotten a little better as I've gotten older, but there's, there's, there's people out there who literally have to have glasses all the time in yeah, order to of see course. Lots you know, of anything even right, you know, in front of them. So it's like, okay, what does that mean to all of these people that you're now, do you have to buy something that fits over glasses? Are they not able to use it? It's, it's, it's all about creating a new world, but it's got to be a world that is as simple as, yeah, I could just throw my glasses off and chat with you. I can drink, I can eat, I can, I can multitask. I don't, I don't necessarily need to buy more hardware to do this. I mean, you know, I almost, this dawned on me, it, it, it almost feels like if you remember during the 70s, 80s, and 90s in the music industry, it was all about the new format that's coming out. It went from eight tracks to cassettes and vinyl and then CDs. Yep. And then you had digital tapes. Yeah, digital, digital audio tape. Then you had yeah, mini data, discs. Yeah, data play. There was a whole know, bunch of them, yeah. They, they, the music industry was trying to invent another new and better format and without question some of these formats audio quality wise were significantly better but it meant buying everything all over again and, and buying new hardware do, right? buying yeah. new hardware in order yeah. to play this new format and as we know that basically petered out pretty quickly yeah I mean, they wanted to replicate that, the cd right as good as bad or bad as mp3s are that's sort of the end of formats. Yes, you can get flack and you can get everything else, but nobody's really pushing to get to that next. No, because it's about access anymore. now and not yep. ownership. Right? Yep. So, so, you know, you don't want to create a metaverse that I'm sitting here going, okay, well, shit, now my, I got to buy goggles or I need to buy a new PC that's got more RAM or more graphics capability or, you know, my iPhone doesn't support it. So I need to get the newest iPhone to support this. And yeah. those are all hurdles. Yeah. They're obstacles. Have to be, yep. they're, they're, and they're significant obstacles yeah. for people to overcome. And again, I, I always like to look at it from the standpoint of what's it going to take to get mom and dad to do this. Yeah, not the early adopters, not the geeks like not us. you and I. We'll yeah. we'll we'll gladly we'll try, try anything. And, you know, and and there's probably a yeah. hundred thousand or more of us out there. That's not a market that's going to make something explode. No. When when I was able to get my mom to switch to an iPhone and an iPad. Okay, yeah. this is real. This works. Yeah. Because now they still don't understand half the features, and they can't. I'm always troubleshooting it, but it broke through that barrier. And, yep. you know, remember yep. when streaming first hit many, many years ago, walk down the street and say, are you on Spotify? And people go, what, what, what's yeah. Spotify? No, I, I got, I got a CD. That's what I listened to. It yep. took how many years for streaming to basically break through and become mainstream and how many evolutions of development and releases of Spotify and Apple at starting with iTunes yeah. to where you are in Apple music to finally hit it. So what that just means yeah. is this isn't something that in year one 
is going to revolutionize and change everything. Yeah. It's something, in my opinion, you have to definitely be paying attention to, but it could be 10, 20 years before the sure. reality of yeah. how this can be used in an easy fashion for everybody yeah. Yeah. hits the market. Yeah. And it's like we talked about, it's been around a while. I, I worked for Fox, you know, like over 10 years ago, Fox home entertainment and um, did dig, uh, international digital strategy over there. And at the time, Sony playstations were pretty popular and they mm -hmm. had a virtual world and we were going in there and putting advertisements in those virtual worlds. So there'd be a billboard as you're driving through this virtual world that had one of our movies on the billboard, or there was a theater and you could go in there and watch clips of our uh, movie or, you know, so we we're, the way that we saw it was you go to where the party is. And at that point they were picking up some steam. They were uh, picking up some, uh, you know, traction and people were uh, subscribing in larger numbers. So as you point out, there's certain games that you can do this with where you can buy virtual goods and you can even see product placement in some of these games. You know, you'll see, oh, well, why is Coca-Cola in here? What's or that why poster is... on the wall? <laughs> exactly. How did that get there? Yeah, why is that? Or, or even sometimes what's the music uh, playing? Well, you know, and, and that's, you know, we, we, we had somebody from Roblox on a while ago. And even before that, we were talking about it because I've spent time in Roblox with my daughter. And the first thing that hit me about the worlds were not the how can I sell and buy something within the world? But it was like, wow, we've got millions of kids hanging out in these worlds. Wouldn't it just be beneficial, step one, toe in the water, how to get your product, your new album, your new music video, your tour promoted within the world? Yeah. They still will leave that world and go to Ticketmaster to buy the ticket, the process that they know and they're comfortable with, but they are seeing so-and-so's tours happening. You know, Motley Crue, the stadium tour, and you're hanging out in some world and yeah, you know, a little music's playing in the background and it's shot at the devil. And, you know, you hear the T the radio commercial. Yeah. I, I almost think that's the first toe in the water step that needs to happen before, yeah. before, you know, Ticketmaster buying land and building a Ticketmaster outlet in Roblox and saying, okay, come walk over here, walk in, stand in line, buy your ticket. It's like, no, just Well, people promote. aren't going there Market. to buy things. Exactly. They're going there to play a game. And I do like what some of these artists like Lil Nas X or whoever, who does a concert in Roblox or does a, you know, a concert in some of these gaming things. I think that's especially if it's animated, which it, it is typically. Um, I think that's a good way of going to where that party is. If you've got young people on a but, platform, go, go, you know, and, do an and, event. And, and, and I agree. And, and I went to that little Nas X performance with my daughter. It was a train wreck. <laughs> I know, it was we a talked train about that. that's crazy. wreck. And, and, and maybe people were like, oh yeah, but that was a few years ago. Listen, Foo Fighters did something right after the Super Bowl. Didn't come off. Well, let's talk about that. Either. When you when you had that experience, what was that experience like for you when you you went in there? So so let me let me preface this by, I'm 
I'm a little more understanding. I understand technology. I've got an eight, back then, six or seven-year-old daughter who just loves that song and wants to go watch him play. She doesn't care about why and how and how comes. So, and the worlds are filled with people like that. Mm -hmm. Sure. So there was basically no directions. Just go to this world, click this URL and you log into this world. No directions that as, as the Foo Fighters thing explained, you know, servers crash. So they put people into waiting rooms and then they let the waiting rooms in. That wasn't explained in any way, shape or form. It was sort of like you're in this world, you see the arena, the stage, but you keep trying to get there and you can't get there. You can't. And they don't anywhere. explain why. No, did, they don't did explain why. they drop why. you in a, a waiting room? They, it wasn't a waiting room. It was just a piece of like, it, you know, it was a courtyard outside of the stage. It's almost like you go to uh, a shed and the gates haven't opened yet. So you're hanging out in the parking lot and the grassy knolls and all that other stuff. They don't tell you that's why you're there. So, Interesting. but I kind of figured that's what's going on here. So yeah. all of a sudden I see people going in. It's like, okay, let's go walk in. You walk in and masses of people. And all of a sudden, boom, you're kicked back out to that courtyard. It's like, well, wow. what the hell happened? Okay, maybe it was a glitch. Let's just walk back in. Can't get in. Can't. Oh, it's because we're in the waiting room again. We don't know that. So, and then, then the show starts, and you can see in the distance a little avatar playing. But you're not there. You're trying to get in. You can't get in. Can't get in. Can't get in. Kicks you out of Roblox. Now you have to log completely oh back God, into Roblox dude. again. Now, remember... I'm much, I was much more patient about this because I was looking at the process and the steps. My six-year-old daughter was just PO'd. Yeah. She's like, why can't I see what's going on? What's going on? This sucks. This sucks. You know, this, I mean, she gets right down to, this is a scam, daddy. This is a scam. This doesn't work. And I'm like, okay, right there. That's, that's the problem you've got to overcome. I was patient and understanding, but I wasn't the market that show was geared towards. Mm -mm. The five, six, seven, eight, 10, 12 year olds are like, did you pay for it? Or was it just part no, of your it was, subscription? It, it, it was, it was free. You didn't have to pay. Um, if but I don't, you have to for, pay for Roblox. Don't you have to pay a monthly thing? Uh, I believe there might be a monthly fee just for Roblox itself. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. But it wasn't more for, for this event. If I had to pay for this event, I would have even then be like, all right, I want my fucking money back. This is a terrible experience. And basically what that showed me is we're still, as much as we've got great tablets, smartphones, laptops, great smart TVs, high quality bandwidth, still a hardware issue. It's still a hardware issue that, that, that you're running up against. And, and I just don't know if, if we are quite there yet where you can reliably say, yeah, we can have half a million people show up into this world and have it work bug-free. 
Yeah. The and second I would imagine, there's a bug, you've yeah. got an issue. Well, yeah. And it may not even be a bug. As you know, it could have been, they just didn't have the server space that they enough thought they servers, did. I remember enough, working with yeah. Fox, you know, when they would launch something, whether they're using AWS or whoever they're using, they had to make sure they had plenty of server space. And I remember reading about that and correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there something like a million or 3 million? There was like a lot of people who were yep. trying to log into that thing. And I'm not giving them an excuse. I'm just saying that if you're going to run an event like that, you need to be prepared. That's that, that, that. that's the whole thing, because to be honest, and, you know, I love the concept of what they were trying and who they did it with got Roblox a lot of publicity and attention. But maybe you want to try that on a much smaller scale with a less popular artist. So when it does basically going in saying, we know it's going to crash, we know it's going to blow up, but. We have to live test it to figure out exactly what happens. And maybe it's better to do that. That's not going to be on the front page of every publication around the world. Yeah. And at a little smaller, more manageable scale. Because when you roll it out with somebody like the Foo Fighters right after the Super Bowl, it damn well better work and it yeah. better work flawlessly. Yeah. Yeah, because it could just harm you. I mean, with with Roblox, there's a lot of those folks, I would imagine, that had a horrible experience that won't go see another concert event. They're just turned off by it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they just don't trust. They don't trust that it's going to be good. And and again, yeah, yeah, hey, it's 2022, and the Internet's come a long fucking way since 1990s. Huge. Um, but we're still pushing it to its limits on some yeah. of these things. And, yeah. and the metaverse is basically that. Just think yeah. about that. What happens when you've got a billion people doing virtual reality in this online world? How do right. you ensure that it doesn't crash? I've invested yeah. money to buy land to sell my merchandise and it crashes. And now I can't recoup my investment and I'm right. losing revenue. It's yeah. no different than a storefront that gets closed because the stream across the street floods and closes everything down. At some point you're like, somebody better put up, you know, a levy around this stream or I'm out of business. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to have insurance because if you're buying something with real dollars or crypto or whatever you're using, if you're buying land, let's say in a virtual game, um, what happens if that company goes out of business? What happens if, again, their servers crash or worst case scenario, and I was just reading about this yesterday, what happens if somebody steals it? You know, if you have crypto Access. and they steal yep. it, if they have, and, and I have, you know, kids who have had this happen where someone can hack into their account and steal things from turn, them. Turn, turn, turn your storefront into an adult bookstore because they hacked into your account. I mean, yeah. these, these are all things that have to be thought about, addressed and dealt with before this ultimately succeeds in my book, because you can't have, you can't have these problems happen and try and then address them in the real time as it's happening yeah people yeah. you know and 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 let's add to the simple fact that the metaverse is basically facebook 
is behind it. There's zero trust for Facebook right now. So there's going to be zero trust for metaverse out of the box. And, and, and this sort of also leads to another quick point, because we want to get into F NFTs as well. There's no standard. There's no one metaverse out there. Like, if I'm in Roblox, I can't just walk into Minecraft. Can't just open a door and be in Minecraft. And then leave Minecraft and open a door and walk into Second Life and then leave Second Life and walk into World of Warcraft. They're completely separate walled gardens. Yeah, it should be metaverse, you know, plural. Wouldn't, wouldn't you think, and I'm speaking now as the consumer, if I'm going to recreate the real world online, should be one online world one giant metaverse there's a country in that metaverse that's facebook's metaverse and there's a country in there that's roblox and minecraft and anybody else who's creating because everybody's starting yeah. to work on metaverses yeah, but they almost, all share yeah. the same world so i as a user now maybe i've got to pay an admission fee if i'm leaving roblox in this world and i want to go into minecraft well, just like in a real world i you might need have a passport pay an I, yeah i need a passport or Hey, if I want to go from Disney World to Universal in Orlando, it's a different admission, but it's the same world. I just get in and walk across the street, and there I am. Yeah. That, I think, is the challenges that need to be thought about in order yeah. to make this work and make sense yeah. for the majority of the That's real world. That's not insurmountable. I mean, look at the World Wide Web, for example. It's kind of what you described. It's yeah. a one-stop shop. But all of these things are there. And if you use the analogy or the comparison of just the earth, you have all of these continents and all of these countries that you can go to, and they're all basically the, you know, the same way, but you do need to have that passport to go to certain well, ones. And you, maybe you, this metaverse is like that. Well, you know, and I, I hope it is, I would think that's where they want to get it towards, but you know, for those of you who've been around on the internet long enough, remember what was the death of AOL? AOL used to be its own walled garden yeah, it was of the online world. It was the internet for a lot of people it for was. a long time. You, went, you logged into AOL, and then from AOL, you could log into the internet. Well, once the internet around AOL exploded, and there was no real way to go. And personally, why would you go from the internet into AOL? It yeah. killed AOL. Yeah. Wall, wall, you know, as much as we love Apple and Apple's the king of walled gardens. And, and I will basically say they're probably the exception to the rule. Walled gardens don't work they don't in the long work. run. Mm -mm. They do not work because eventually people are like, well, I want to go to the garden over there, but I can't. There's no access. Oh, wait a minute. You mean I just log out of this one, install the other one and log into it? Well, okay. But eventually you find the world, the, the walled garden you like, and you never go anywhere else. So yeah. again, if the concept of a metaverse is taking the real world and recreated it in a virtual world, which I think is very cool and we will get there, Shouldn't there just be the virtual internet? Yeah, I'm, what it yeah is. I'm wondering if there's going to be kind of this 
new, I'll call it a browser for lack of a, a better term, but this thing that puts all of these things together and makes it so simple for you to go to these different places within one interface, it has to kind of get there because it, what you described as far as the different formats and logging in and logging out and, you know, you may have an avatar in this game, but maybe not on this game. And I can see how that will turn people off to these things and everything's kind of splintered. I mean, social media yeah. is a perfect example of that. I mean, you've got the Twitter world, you've got the Facebook world, you've got the Instagram world, the TikTok world, and people like their world. And you've got Facebook over here trying to copy all the features to keep you here. You know, it, it, it's a challenge yeah. as a business to try and manage all these completely separate worlds that don't cooperate, don't integrate, don't talk to each other, don't have, you know, the, 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 as simple as the graphic that I want to post on, on Facebook is a different size than the graphic that's supported on Twitter than versus right. Instagram. And, right. you know, Oh, TikTok videos are five seconds shorter than, you know, a reels video. And, you know, it's like, that's the sort of stuff at the end of the day, will make this painful to people. It already is. It already is. It already <laughs> is. And, you know, when yeah. I sit here and, 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 and God bless Facebook for, for investing all of this money to create this, but I'm just worried they're just interested in creating their own version of this and don't have any interest in Joe's metaverse that he's writing over here. Yeah. 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 Right, right now, as you describe, if you're a marketer, the number of resized assets that you need, um, and then the different clips or edit lengths of videos, it's mind boggling all the things you need to do. And it, man, it sure would be really great as this, let's say this metaverse and this one place where you go, um, you could, if you're going to do marketing with that, that there's some standards, you know, that make it a little bit easier. Yeah. What I love about the metaverse is, you know, there's that old joke in advertising, you know, half of my advertising doesn't work. I just don't know which half, you know, but today we know what's working and what do doesn't, you know, we can look on any of these platforms and see what's overperforming, underperforming. And that's what I like about this metaverse is I want to see advertising that relates to me things I'm interested in. And I think that with this metaverse, you can do some of the same things that you do on socials, which is serve up appropriate advertising that's interesting to those people. Gotcha. You know, I don't necessarily need to get, you know, ads for feminine hygiene products or genres of music that maybe I'm not into. I, I'm not one of those people that is uh, against online advertising. I love it when they get it right when they nail yeah. it. And I think they can do this on the metaverse. And the last thing I'll say about the advertising side is Amazon is both the best and the worst at this. Their, their ads are so good 99% of the time, but then they have that one thing where let's say you buy a guitar or you buy a lens, you know, something that's expensive that you probably only buy maybe once every five or 10 years, you buy a, a purchase like that. The next thing, you know, they're feeding you up ads for that thing that you just bought that you're not going to buy again. Yeah. That's for... broken advertising. Yeah. It's broken. That, 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 yeah. That's all that that's actually it. You know what? For me, it's, it's just a nuisance. It's, 
it's a waste of money for the person who's running the ad. Why are you advertising a exact same or very similar product to something I just literally purchased because you know I purchased it? It it would that's a waste of money. It would be better to serve up ads that are selling accessories and other items I'm going to need for what I just purchased. So yeah, you know, I, I, I would, I would kind of wrap up this metaverse, bringing it back to musicians and, and just say, just keep your eye on this. This is, this is a ball. This is one of those shiny balls that you need to keep an eye on. You don't need to be jumping into this today. I mean, if you want to go buy an Oculus headset and play with it, cause it's, cool and it's got some great games go for it but i don't think as a band unless you're you know let's be honest the foo fighters somebody yeah you need to have fighters right somebody is is paying the foo fighters to do this the foo fighters aren't investing their own money to do this as 99.9999 percent of the bands out there you don't need to be sitting there going well do i need to go buy land to set up my own stage so i can do don't worry about that right now. We are way off, and I mean probably a few years off easily from yep. that becoming something you need to worry about. You can start yep. dipping your toes in it. You can play in these worlds, um, but this isn't something where you need to sit here and go, well, crap, now do I need to invest a boatload of money to get myself into the metaverse. No, yeah, not right I would now. Just, I think you're giving good advice about watching the space. I would also watch what artists are on these platforms and yes. what they're doing and just kind of keep track and, you know, read about what they're doing and well, go experience that to what you're doing. You know, yeah. like I went, I went to the little NASX show on, on Roblox. I would never do that just because I'm a fan. I did that one because my daughter wanted to go, but two, as a marketer, I wanted to see how it was being done. Yeah. Were they doing anything different? Were they doing yeah. anything interesting? And what was the experience like? And and that's Smart. that was as much learning about the bad experience as it would be about the good experience. Because if you have a bad experience, you can walk away going, okay, these are things that maybe a few years from now, when we finally do this, I need to ask these questions to make sure it doesn't happen. So that's what I wouldn't go, you know, maybe you're not a Foo Fighters fan. Next time they do, you know, a VR show or something, go do it. Next time a band does a 360 in the round on the internet show, just watch it. You don't have to watch the whole show. Yeah. Just go yeah, see you know what, how This is some works. of the same advice that we were giving w- during lockdown uh, when the pandemic first hit. It, I the remember talking about, yeah, watch what other people are doing with live streams. Some people were doing really cool productions and in the round with lighting and smoke. And some people were sitting there with their cat walking in front of them, you know, sitting on the couch. Yep. So to your point, absolutely. Go, go see what people are doing and what, what looks good? What doesn't look good? What platforms sound good? Which ones don't? Who's doing it right? And who's locking you out on the grassy knoll? Well, that, that's it. That's exactly <laughs> it. You know, pay attention to when, when an article comes out that talks about a review of somebody's performance, read it because that reviewer is going to say, here's what was good and here's what was bad. 
And, and that's important for you to know, because you're hoping at some point that's going to be you on that virtual stage yeah. doing that. And you want your fans to have the absolute best experience you can, because at the end of the day, guess who takes the heat when the VR metaverse doesn't work? Yeah. You do. Yeah. And of course you're going to turn around and pass that heat along to whoever the tech provider was, Yeah, but, but it's you a are the face. You, you yes. are the face of what didn't work. It was, it was that person's show in, in Roblox or metaverse or second life that screwed it up. And I wasted 49.99 on this. Right. You're taking the heat. So, That's right. you know, you've got to pay attention to what's going on with this, but again, don't feel like you need to hit when you hit the stop button on this episode that you need to run out and find a metaverse realtor and buy some land and set up an online store to sell your t-shirts because no, you will have, listen, just get some, get an online store period attached to your website. First and foremost, don't worry about setting it up somewhere else. Just, you know what? Make sure you actually go to your merch table after the show. That's a lot more important than having a, a, a world in a metaverse. You know, it's get the basics done. And, and the final thing I will add is remember, learn from what happens in the real world as well. Because these metaverse worlds are going to be an attempt to recreate the real world with a lot of bells and whistles more added on top of it. But at the end of the day, if the metaverse doesn't recreate what's already painless, easy to do, and works without issue in the real world, it didn't solve a problem. It just made a whole bunch of new problems. Yeah, made it harder. Yep. Made it harder. So look at what works, what people like, what they don't like. How do you do? How do you sign autographs in the metaverse? Well, uh, Taylor Swift has been selling, you know, digital autographs. Um, uh, it kind of leads us beautifully into NFTs because why would you want a, a digital autograph? Well, you could if it was provable that yours is yep. legit and there's scarcity that maybe I'm just making up a number here. You know, Michael sits down and he signs. There's only 10 of these. And certificate of authentic authentication is basically right. what it is. I can prove I have bragging rights now because I can prove that I have, you may have something that looks exactly the same. I have a poster of Mo, the Mona Lisa, but it's not the Mona Lisa. You know what I mean? If you've got the Mona Lisa, you've got a provable asset. Um, but the, the thing about NFTs that I think is one of the most interesting things that doesn't get talked about enough is if I have an NFT and we'll get into what all that means in a second. And I, sell it to Michael for $10,000. And let's say he sells it to a friend for $100,000. Well, guess what? I get more money. I participate in that. I get a percentage of that resale. Now, if I have the Mona Lisa or something and I sell it to him and he sells it to somebody else, I don't participate in any future sales. But that's one of the benefits of NFTs is that secondary sale. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I think... At the core, where NFTs are a bit different than metaverse is NFTs are built on blockchain blockchain technology, something right. that's basically been proven. 
it's out there. We, it, it's tech it, for the average person. It's technically complex of what it means and how it works. And, and this is sort of where my only issue with NFTs, I think the whole concept of an NFT is great and I get it and I love it, but the way it's being sold, they, it being NFT, not the Mona Lisa, not the album, um, isn't hitting the mark yet. Right. From the simple standpoint, and again, as a marketing branding person who looks at real world, yep. the average person on the street doesn't have a damn clue what an NFT is, what it means. And if you tell them what NFT actually stands for, that doesn't help either. Right. Doesn't ex the what what NFT really stands for doesn't tell you anything, doesn't explain it. You know, usually in, in an acronym is is helps something to be easily understood. Well, there's none of that right now going on. This is all very techy. This is all very geeky. It really this is, is all very yeah. knowledgeable. You know, yeah. When I do get into some conversations, a lot of people are like, "But I'm just buying it." A, a jpeg i got jpegs on my computer so why well okay let me explain blockchain let me explain the reset and then then the eyes really you know really start glossing over they're like what I, i'm yeah. uh, i'll just give, I'll, I'll just i'll just give you my jpeg right well, no that's not what this is about you're you've bought the original huh Huh? Yeah. You own the original. Yeah. You could go tell everybody who's got copies that you've got the original and they can't use it. And you can prove it. And you can prove it. So, so for me, it's almost like NFT needs to have a standards group as well. Some overseen yeah. body of, of all the various people doing this who sit here and go, well, first of all, well, let's rebrand NFT. Let's call it something else that's very user-friendly. I mean, when I buy it, you know, and, and, and I'm simplifying this, when I buy a car, I don't need, I'm not sitting here buying an engine and I'm not buying an, an eight-cylinder engine with a turbo on it. And, you know, all, I'm buying a car. I understand that there's a whole bunch of interesting stuff under that hood that makes it go fast and fuel efficient, but I don't under, need to understand why that fuel efficiency is how it works. Yeah. There are people out there that want that and I get that, but that's not the majority of the market. In my opinion, to make NFTs more understood, more successful beyond the very early adopters, which is all we've got right now, they've got to figure out how to, sell this to the average person who, you know, hits the stream button on Spotify or, or goes yeah. into iTunes and does a download. Yeah. Um, what, 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 what are you really doing? And you know, I just trust us. This is why, you know, you don't have to explain blockchain, yeah. but just know this is what that means. That means you own this and you can stop anybody else from using it. Oh, okay. I get that. I don't need to know how it's saved in some database that's central and people write to it. And yeah. And it could appreciate me. in value and yep. you could sell it later if you wanted to. One of the, the, 
things I like to explain to people is when, when a couple of years ago, when NFTs first started kind of becoming mainstream, I wanted to learn how to do it. And just like you going in to see Lil Nas X, I went in and I got cryptocurrency and I attached it to a wallet and I attached that wallet to a marketplace. I found an NFT that I wanted to buy and I did that. And later, whatever, I had some currency that I converted back into, um, you know, uh, tangible currency that wasn't cryptocurrency. A couple of things I learned. One is how bad it is for the environment to mint an NFT. And we can get into that if you want. The other part is that there are all these extra fees that you don't know about. They call them gas fees. As you get into purchase uh, an NFT, you may have something that's a $50 NFT that you could end up paying $75 or $100 for because of these extra fees that come along with it. The other thing is, let's say you're selling an NFT and you have an auction that ends uh, as soon as somebody hits a certain amount. I'm just making something up. Let's say it sells in the middle of the night. Well, it may sell for $1,000 at midnight, but you're asleep. By the time you get up at six, that may be worth half that. Um, it could be worth double that. It's, it's fluctuating. It's a crazy, crazy market. One of the best resources I found, if you really want to learn about that marketplace, is I subscribe to Sherry Who's Patreon. And within that, she has this air table called Music Web3 uh, Dashboard. And, and it's got basically every music NFT that's been put on the marketplace and then details about it. What cryptocurrency, what market were they using? What was the offer? Was it a one-off auction? Were there 10 of them? How much did it sell for? And I just want to read you a quick little stat because I pulled it up. Since June of 2020, there have been a total of about 1.7 million NFT solds, but those were sold by 310 artists. So this thing is still in its infancy. It's not mainstream. I can tell you that I'm working on a couple of releases right now with artists that have a pretty large fan base. So we're going to have an NFT offering throughout that release cycle. But this isn't the $2 million Blau or Dead Mouse thing. This isn't a quick kill kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's just to have a digital collectible. And two things that you said that, that I think are spot on. One is there has to be an easier way. And I know there's lots of companies right now that are developing these cool platforms. And there are, there are companies that are coming up with green ways of doing this. Uh, Serenade, for example, or Quincy Jones has a company called One Of. Look into those companies. They create these NFTs in a green way that's not harmful to the environment, for example. But this has to be simplified. And even the messaging, like NFT, non-fungible token, you're right, that needs to go. It needs to be digital collectible, you know? Yeah. Or like, if you like a band, you know, and you're a hardcore fan of that band and they put out an NFT, you kind of want to have that digital collectible, number one, for bragging rights. So I can call them and go, Hey, Michael, guess what? Uh, there were only 10 of those things available. I got one of them. Or you can be one of those people who invest in these things, which gets a little nutty, um, where you think, okay, this I paid $1,000 for this digital collectible, but since there's only 10 of them, I'm betting it's like a baseball card that a few years from now, I might be able to make some money on it. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, you, you just brought up one of the things that I think I'm more interested in seeing right now. And I think the success will hit is the company that simplifies a layer on top of all of this that gets rid of, as you were explaining, well, okay, I got to get cryptocurrency. I got to get a wallet. I got to connect it. I'm sitting there going, yeah, okay. You, you, you've, you've lost 80% of the market right there because people are like, because first of all, you, you, you throw crypto and we know you throw cryptocurrency into this and that's a whole nother level of eyes glazing over geekdom (laughs) that people are like, what the hell? I don't understand. I got, I got a $20 bill in my wallet. I trust that. Yeah. Do you want it or not? Do I want Bob's crypto coin? I don't know, Bob, you know, so the company that puts a layer on top of it and, and the simplest illustration, and this will date us, but pre computer graphic interfaces, it used to be DOS command lines. You had to type in all these codes, load this program, run this program. Auto exec. Auto. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It was, it was very complicated. And when Apple first showed up and I'll use the Mac as the example, but Lisa predated it with a graphic interface on top of it. All they did was put this layer on top of all of that crazy code yeah. and made it usable for the rest of the world. They simplified something that they was simplified. complex. You don't, you as the user don't need to understand that complex. What's when, when, when I say quit zoom in a pull down menu, I don't need to know what command, because there is literally a command still being sent behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I don't need to know that. I just need to know it's quitting. Right. That's it. Done. That's it. So when same with this, when the company that comes out with a layer that goes on top of NFT and hides everything, we just talked about geeky wise. So you literally just walk into Amazon, search for something, buy, done, done. That's it. You just yeah. trust everything behind the scenes is working and it's yeah. taken care of. Yeah. Then you're going to see mass adoption of NFTs, yeah. but they won't be called NFTs anymore. No, it'll be something much easier. A digital yeah. investment, a digital, uh, I don't know. A digital token, or maybe it's just yeah. called a digital a ownership. Or, I don't know. A, I, I, a doodad or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't is. know. I don't know. That's, yeah. that's for that company to, figure out because right now in the nft space you're dealing with a product that has been created and is being marketed and sold by an engineer yep. engineers make it happen somebody else comes along and says great i'm steve jobs steve wozniak you made a great computer okay walk away now let me put on top of this what it's going to take to get the rest of us yeah, to use this product. Yeah. You know, I have a good example. Uh, recently, you've probably heard all the news about, you know, GameStop and all these young people getting involved in, in investing. And 
um, and some of the shenanigans. But what happened is what you're describing, someone looked, some young person looked at how difficult it is to buy and sell stocks and how it's that whole world is kind of, you know, rigged a little bit towards the, the insiders and said, wait a second, and came up with this app where you can make these little micro micro uh, shares and right. And like you and I could go, oh, I want to invest in such and such and bang right there from your phone. I can't, I can't afford one share of Amazon, but guess what? I'll invest yeah. 10 bucks, which will give me one tenth of a share. Or That's something right. Like that. Exactly. And then, you know, the whole, the whole GameStop thing came up, but it just showed that these, some of these folks made some some cash on that but it reminds me of that world in that it can be very complex dealing with stocks and things like that if you're not well versed in it and same with nfts um to your point about the car analogy you don't need to know how your engine runs to drive it you don't need to even understand blockchain technology and non-fungible tokens but you do need to understand the market you need to understand, you know, okay, this digital collectible, do I have enough demand to do one? And I always tell people when they come to me and say, oh, well, everybody's getting rich on NFTs, you know, I should do some NFTs. And my response is, well, when there's demand, when you have a base, it doesn't have to be a large base, but if you're an artist that has a base and they'll buy tickets and they'll buy merch, you might want to consider for your hardcore fans, some NFT offerings. If you're a brand new developing artist, you know, probably not. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I mean, I would right now personally advise musicians, NFTs are a space you maybe aren't ready to jump into creating and selling, but you need to be watching this again. You need to be paying attention to what other people are doing, what's happening, reading the news, because good or bad, and we've talked about this with anything that happens, once something interesting comes along, somebody comes out to, to, to game the system and take advantage of it. And you yeah. don't want to be the one that does this NFT that, you know, didn't, didn't, didn't Ozzy, Ozzy released a bunch of NFTs and they got, I don't know, hacked or something oh, happened shit. and the people lost money on it. You don't want that. So you got to right now, you need to be paying attention to what's happening, good and bad. Yes. But yeah. you don't necessarily need to be sitting there going, OK, when we hit stop on this episode, uh, have a band meeting and say, guys, we need to create and start selling NFTs or we're going to be broke. It's like eh, maybe not quite yet, but start yeah. educating yourself on this world and yeah. follow it because. I firmly believe when that company comes along, that's put a layer on top of this. That's when you're going to see an explosion really happen. Yeah. I think that's spot on. I think the only thing I would add to that is that I always say, if you're going to go in for eye surgery, have a doctor who's done 5,000 of those operations, not five. Yeah. And what I mean by that is if you're going to get into this game and test some things out, do your research Look at companies that have been around a while, look at who their clients are, find some folks that have done a lot of these and have learned from their mistakes and have a good track record um, because there are people, to your point, that are getting taken advantage of um, yes. and that are losing their money in this thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very easy, not just in the NFT world, but anything really technical for people to come along and take advantage of the non-technical people. 
you know, what, what was, okay, you've got a company this month that sells NFTs. What were you doing last month? Yeah. Oh, you were a car detailer. Huh. Really? Yeah. How did you go from car detailing to selling NFTs? Right. That reminds me of this um, problem we were talking about on an episode of, of people buying fake streams. And one of the issues was they would hire a publicist who um, their new company is that their playlist placement. Um, and they've been doing that for a month. But if you look, they were a publicity firm two months ago. Yeah. And now they're experts at, you know, playlist placement. And it's the same thing that what you're talking about, you know, is this a technology company that's doing this? You know, what is their background and who is running it? A legit uh, company will have a website where you can see, oh, here's the board of directors here. Here are the people who are actually here's, here's their Here's their office and the office isn't a mailbox, et cetera, address. At Gmail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so, you know, you've got to pay attention to that stuff because there is, I don't want to say a lot, but there are scams happening out in the yes, NFT world. There are, there, there really are. It, it's, it's, it's an exploding market. And when there's an exploding market with a lot of money attached to it, people show up to get a quick cash grab, yeah. disappear, and they've got your money and you've got a bunch yeah. of, again, it was your name on this. Now you got fans that are pissed. Yeah. Buyer beware. Buyer beware. <laughs> so, so when it comes to metaverse and NFTs, I think these are here to stay. I think there's a lot more development needed for metaverse. There's a, there's more development for NFTs, but they're a little further along, but they both have to get to the point in order for them to really be accessible to every artist and every fan of every level, there needs to be a layer that simplifies everything and makes it stupid, simple, that your mom or your grandparents could log in and go find you on the metaverse without calling you up for tech support in order to do it. Yep, That's agreed. what it comes down to. So agreed. they're going to get there. Yeah. Will they get there in six months or six years? Nobody we'll knows, but they're yeah. moving that way. Watch the news. Follow what's going on in the music industry. Follow what's going on outside of the music industry regarding NFTs and metaverse. Yep. Listen to Read, us. Read, we'll, we'll listen, talk. Yeah. Um, it's going to happen, but just don't feel like you need to go dump thousands of dollars into it tomorrow morning. There you go. So, um, you know, I, here, I would ask if you've got any experience with NFTs, good and bad. I think it's really important to share bad experiences so people can learn from them, can, yeah. can learn from them as well as metaverse. I mean, if you've gone all the way back to, oh, yeah, I remember Second Life and I did all of this and here was the issues I had with it or what, I'd love to hear what you think of both of the metaverse and NFTs experience wise, what you think it's going to be like for the future. Um, you know, it, it's, it's always a challenge recreating real world into the virtual. Cause sometimes things just don't need to be done virtually. It yeah. works just fine in the real world. So what's your experience been? Yep. Um, and with that, uh, quick shout out again. Thank you, Bruce Hypebot, Bands in Town. Thank you to our sponsors, Bandzoogle, 
and uh, discmakers.com. And of course, if you're interested in talking to us about a sponsorship, reach out to Jay or myself. We'd be happy to chat with you. And uh, follow us on Spotify. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on iTunes. And that's it. We'll see everybody next week. Visit discmakers.com to place an order for 100 or more CDs. And when you check out, use promo code FREEBIZ and get free shipping up to a $150 value.